Welcome to the Eyes of Indigo with your infinitely curious hosts, Iris Carter and Margaret Ross Sears. Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. More information available at facebook.com slash eyesofindigo or at iriscarter.com where you will find a link to the Eyes of Indigo podcast. And welcome! <laughs> hey! I was hearing that in the background. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of business cards just fell over at my feet. Oh, I just got a little mess here. <laughs> sorry, the <Lord>. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. It sounds like a rat. Make it little rat noises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. I think uh, we're, we're just now getting some people in, so we're in the clear. Cool. Hello, Angie. Hey, Angie. I'm fixing something. <laughs> She's fixing business cards that she dropped. So, yeah. <laughs> it all fell down. Yeah, right. there's a reason for it. You know, who knows what it was, but there was a reason for it. Yeah, well, I need to get some new ones. Those are old. <laughs> oh, okay. It's time to. Throw them out, you know. That's the universe going, Psh, clean house. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about death right before that. <laughs> yeah. That's the end of that idea over yeah. there. Very cool. Oh, goodness. Uh, waiting to see if a couple more people. We got um, sure. a few more people coming in. Uh, so How you doing, Angie? Type to us, darling. <laughs> there you go. You like the kitty picture? <laughs> Hello, uh, Deborah. Hello, Deborah. Hello. Oh. sensible ladies. That's, That's like a compliment that. for us. <laughs> it's better than being sensible shoes. <laughs> Saviors of all nurses and uh and uh and <laughs> on on your feet workers. Yes. And my mother and senior citizen ladies. Yes. My sensible oh. ladies is nice. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I that's do. cool. I do. So, um, uh, we're getting colder weather <sighs> here. Don't know what everybody else is feeling, but temperatures are going down, and it's starting to feel more <laughs> fallish and winterish. It is. Angie um, has started us off. The spi spiders have too many legs. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What? Anything with more legs than you scare you? Or <laughs> I, was say, I was gonna say, then how do you feel about puppy dogs? <laughs> well, they still. If you count arms, appendages. So I guess if anything has twice that, then. So if Angie, if spiders bother you, what about centipedes? <gasps> <They're> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's a lot of little eggs. <laughs> they just they just slither. You know, of course, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the the motion of slithering is what seems to freak people out about um, snakes and worms, is that they can't relate, you know, to the compression movement. Yeah, but I, I like that. I mean, it, I, feels, it feels creepy to her. Yeah, Angie says yeah. creepy. Mm-hmm. Four is good. <laughs> Angie, have, have y'all seen the video of the um, uh, a woman who, well, there's a woman driving, and it sounds like a bunch of teenage girls in the back, and they're in Australia, and there's one of these, what they call them, woodsman spiders, and I swear, you know, it, it's it's huge. It's like tarantula one of the biggest spiders. That, yeah, tarantula size. 
perfectly harmless, but it was okay. in the car. And they're they're going, oh my god! And they're you know you see the cameras on the spider, and then it starts kind of crawling over toward where the person with the camera. Ah! You know? <laughs> and the mom's driving, going, shut up! <laughs> shut up! Screaming! <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't somebody pull over? You know? <laughs> Sounds like the mom was the mom driving. Was yes. she the one driving? Sounds like she didn't believe him. I don't know because it was kind of going toward her. But I was just like. Oh, he's just kind of cool. He's just trekking across to see what's <laughs> Maybe she likes spiders. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, um, Deborah says snakes are her fear. An early member of dad mowing under a tree and a snake fell on top <gasps> of him. Been terrified of him ever since. I do not remember that. That might, might have been before you were born. Yeah. And she uh, says, God. I've seen those creepy. Do you know that tarantulas migrate in large groups? Yeah. Do you know that tar tarantulas also uh, mate for life and they move two by two? They're actually they're actually very sentimental. Um, tarantulas are also extremely um, fragile. They can't fall. If they fall, they literally shatter. Their bodies don't yet. Yeah, they don't have ligature. Like the old corvairs. Yeah. <laughs> They should call it a Corvair spider. Yes. But they're actually extremely delicate. Yeah. You gotta be careful. Oh, I was um, not born during the snake incident with my father. You were not born. So dad getting a tree snake falling on him. And it's possible that this well in what what's I'm assuming this was North Carolina. Yeah. Deborah, yeah, because they they were living in North Carolina by then. All right, so the there aren't that um, the only poisonous spiders are brown recluses and black widows, which do not this live was in snake, trees. Though, for my dad. Oh, sorry, I'm going. Sorry, I'm jumping back and forth. The only poisonous snakes are in the water, cottonmouths and moccasins, and so that tree snake, whatever made that that snake was panicking. Can you imagine having no feet, no arms, and you fall out of a tree? <laughs> You're effed. <laughs> yeah. And then you fall on a human that's doing this. Yeah, that, we were living in Burlington was... at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I remember one time I, I went camping. I dad freaking out. I mean, I totally get that. <laughs> we went camping uh, at a state park. God, this was probably 10 years or so ago. And we were right by the lake. And... The woman, one of the other moms that was there with us, the ranger came through and she said, we saw a water moccasin down there in the water. And the ranger said, oh, there's no water moccasins around here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what, do you have little signs up for them to see? <laughs> no water moccasins allowed? I mean, they're crashing the party. His <laughs> boss told him not to say that. I was like, how do you keep them out? <laughs> No water moccasins allowed. Oh. No, they're they're around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They have little science signage. Um, I don't hurt spiders or anything if I can help it. I'm the same way, Angie. It's, um, yes, <coughs> um, I'm the same way about spiders. I'm okay with. I was talking to Iris about this a few minutes ago. I'm okay with. I'm, <clears throat> I'm very okay with insects and spiders, as long as they're over there. You know, as long as they're not hard charging at me or moving really fast, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm okay, I'm okay with them. Um, and I don't try to kill them uh, at all. Matter of fact, I insist that people don't kill them. And I have little extra cups and lids around the house to pick up a spider and trap it and take it outside. Or, yeah, because that's mostly what I got is spiders, if I have any. So, yeah. I'm the same way. Just because I'm scared of you doesn't mean, aha, we have a segue, Iris. Just because I'm scared of you is not a reason for me to kill you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alluding to a future topic. Yeah. Keep that in mind, dear fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, Randy, it's okay because we really haven't done our formal introduction. Um, the, oh, yeah. this is our, our, we just kind of jumped right in, but this is uh, paranormal paranoia. Uh, and while most of it's going to be focusing on paranormal stuff, we also wanted to address other fears. Please, please, you know, we've got some good conversation going on and we appreciate the comments. When we want comments, we want questions. Um, <clears throat> we'll take them in the order that they come up as much as we can. Um, also, uh, be sure to like and subscribe or, and, or follow us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, so we, you know, we're trying to get those channels up, but if you Google, um, Eyes of Indigo podcast, we're coming up. Yay. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, do join the conversation. And also you can check out the blog at iriscarter.com and click the link to um, Eyes of Indigo podcast. Um, that gives you some background stories. And I'm a little behind on getting my posts up, but they're there. Uh, monolith sightings, the thoughts. Yes. <laughs> well, Randy, we'll talk about them if monolith sightings scare you. <laughs> or, <laughs> or actually... Like Iris just said, paranormal paranoia. Does see does does this monolith appearance stuff? Does it does it cause you dis-ease <laughs> or, un, or uncomfort? <laughs> I personally, it doesn't bother me because immediately my brain defaulted to the movie Arrival. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and those were giant floating monoliths that ended up being spacecraft. What bothered uh, me with the second monolith was there's obvious markings of welding. This is news to me. So whatever crap, whatever culture it came from, they're still using fire induction similar to what we do. Yeah. Or yeah. it was man-made entirely. Right. That that implies a possible hoax. So, yeah, and I was wondering, just to... Um, I thought this was interesting to kind of see if everybody's on the uh, same page here. Uh, Beautiful right. screen to make that readable, sweetie. Yeah. Um, this is a study done two years ago. They didn't have a more recent one of the Chapman Universities, um, which they do lots. You can go to their website. They have all kinds of um, surveys. And this was <clears throat> at the time two years ago, the percentage of people that at least admitted they had these different 
you know, like 17% believe in fortune tellers and psychics, which I mean, who uses fortune teller as a term anymore, but, um, <laughs> and it's hard to believe there are more people that believe in Bigfoot than in psychics. psychics. But yeah. yeah. I think they use the wrong phrasing on that to get people to admit to, to believing it. Um, but they also said that what was interesting was from 2016, the percentages jumped considerably. Um, so um, that the belief seemed to be taking on a trend of increasing. Uh, let me show this one too. The other thing is that 75, almost 76% of Americans believe in at least one phenomenon. So most everybody, most people believed in more than one. Multiple phenomenons. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, whatever your belief and fears and stuff, you're not alone. <laughs> Never alone. Yeah. Not, not on this planet. We're not even halfway there. Yes. Uh, the and just to remind you, fear yeah. can be forget everything and run. F-E-A-R. Yeah. Or face everything and rise. It's your choice. Prefer um, option number two there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you face it and 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 do better. Um, and we're gonna talk about some ways to do that. Um, but uh, I just wanted to point those out real quick. So um, I'm trying to get rid of a few things here. And I'm, I'm multitasking people. Excuse me. Uh, no <laughs> we can always look see what's happening in the chat room. Yeah. Uh, Lee, Lee reminded me there are copper he copperheads in North Carolina. Yeah. Those are not really tree climbing creatures anyway, but that was from a previous discussion, but yes, that does inhibit dog walking. You have to be careful. Um, and Angie says, she, and Angie had made a point that she pointed out earlier, shadow people. She's afraid of the dark related to shadow people. Um, you know what, Angie, do me a favor. If you can clarify, can you define what is a shadow person to you? What does that word mean? Because I think it might mean different things to different people. And I think I know what you mean, but I don't want to speak for you. So if you could real quick, in the comments there, define what is a shadow person or shadow people. Um, but I think we all understand fear of the dark. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty straightforward and, and a primitive reaction, period. Well, and actually, when you talk about fear, I always think mm -hmm. about the quote, you know, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear itself. And really, if you think about it, fear is is it, it fear is it in itself is what we should be afraid of not the other stuff that we're fearful of not the um, instigator of it but the the reaction itself is crippling exactly yeah. and and so you know and and what is fear fear comes from not knowing we're scared of the dark because we don't know what's in the dark besides us Whereas right. it's the, something yeah, your sight's being limited. Yeah, well, you can't control when you don't it's know what the, the lack of control. Is. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so lack of control and the unknown, those are things that typically are related to fear um, or define fear. Um, and it fear affects us by making us stressed out, um, adrenaline, you know, a, a little bit of adrenaline every once in a while, being startled or something like that. You know, if I startle somebody, I say, well, you got your cardio uh, workout today. Um, but that's not bad. But when it's constant, it, you it's end up with stress damage. You. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, the other thing that I wanted to point out is to know the difference between what you know and what you don't know. And it, it talk a little bit more about that. Define that. Just yeah, a let me, okay. So when you know, okay, uh, for example, some people, you know, maybe they have a fear of losing a loved one you know every time they go out the door i'm afraid my husband's going to get in an accident or something sure you so then the first thing when they're a little bit late is oh my god it becomes what? a trigger yeah yeah and yeah. and so why are you putting yourself through those emotions unnecessarily until you know what so you don't know that they've been in an accident and that that's why they're late. Right. So if you can stop yourself and go, well, let me find out first. Let me pick up the phone and call. Let me see if he's still at work or, you know, is, oh, I hear the car pulling up right now. He's fine. But it's like you've gotten all worked up over something that isn't. Or if there's, you know, you're afraid, um, you know, oh, the house might be haunted. You know, the, the book just fell off the shelf and I think somebody's trying to haunt me. You know, grandma, is this the book you want me to read? You know? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. But if, if it scares you, recognize Why? you don't know that for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you... So it's it you're engaging in something that you don't even know all the facts yet. And and I guess part of my problem is I've been that way since I was a kid. I've never been one to like go into a panic over stuff. And and that's one of uh, that's one of my peeves. It's like, you know, I, I'll be in a, a room with some people and somebody will come in and go, Oh my god, this is happening. And it's like, what is happening? You know, what is it? What's going on? let's not go there till we know that's what we need to do. Right. I'm just not up to putting the energy out. If it's, if it's frivolous. not worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, to give you sort of a counterpoint, sort of a counterpoint on that. My experience has been the people that enjoy, and I use the word enjoy um, contextually, but people who indulge in such things as your great example of being afraid of your husband being in an accident because he, when he's late coming home from work or your children are dead in the ditch because they're not home by 11, by 11.01 on the dot or whatever. And similar uh, anxieties, 
kind of fears, fears based on anxieties, being anxious. What I've noticed in a lot of people, and I'm not speaking, hmm, let me see, I need to qualify. Um, I have a degree in developmental psych, but I am not a licensed therapist, all right? These are just my opinions based on what I've observed and what I've, in 53 years. So what I've observed is consistently the personality types that indulge in that kind of behavior are getting two gratific two 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 types of possible gratification or one they're either getting both or one of these two types of gratification and the two types are one is the victimhood mentality I'll I deserve, be the victim. <laughs> right I'm the victim then everybody feels sorry for me and the world owes me so I'm entitled to anything I effing want because I'm a victim. Poor, pitiful me. And, and they don't really consciously. We're not. Mm -mm, it's yeah. not conscious. And no, they're not doing it consciously. This is just their value system. This is their value system cascade. You know, one reasoning leads to the next. The other gratification that I see them get it off of, get from that is the adrenaline, the uh, chemical cascade that happens from the brain on down and they seem to really enjoy the chemical cascade, the chemical reaction that comes from that. And like I said, some people enjoy both. Um, what am I talking about with the chemical cascade? The chemical cascade is why the horror movie industry is so popular and so well-loved. And some of our audience, they, they might in some, not, I'm not all of you. I'm not speaking for all of you. Not me. Cause I hate horror movies I because horror I don't movies. enjoy that chemical cascade. To me, it physically actually burns and hurts. It makes my hands and feet and chest burn like they're on fire. Like somebody's dumped acid on me. It's excruciating. Wow. Um, watching a horror movie is torture is torture for me. It physically is agonizing and I can't do it. Um, found that out when I was a teenager. When I got wow. old enough to watch them, and my friends were loving it, they were laughing and screaming, and whoa, isn't this fun? And getting all scared. It's like a roller coaster ride, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, roller coasters don't scare me actually, but, <laughs> but other people do, and they get a, they get, they, they call it the thrill. You know, the thrill of the horror, the horror thrill, or the thrill show, or stuff like that, and the adrenaline is the biggest cascade that we're talking about. But there's other cascades too, and it. Uh, uh, people get addicted to that cascade just like they do other types of drug stimulated or situational stimulated uh, cascades workaholic uh, sexaholic um, alcoholism uh, there's all kinds of behaviors that can start uh, gambling starts another type of uh, gratification cascade also can seeking out tragedy trauma and anxiety uh. um, so there you go I thought I would add to what you were saying. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> those are yeah. the two. Those are the two biggest ones for that type of fear, anxiety-based reaction. Right, and I've got. In fact, I've got a couple of stories on that too. But Angie said uh, she's uh, the shadow people are mostly when I was a child, not now. A dark, tall figure which you can't see through, which makes the hair on your neck stand up and gives you no impression. The shadow people were mostly when I was a child, not now good yes <laughs> that's real good 
And then Angie says, I was going to agree that some might like the stimulation of being scared. Yeah, that adrenaline rush, some people really love it. I realize I'm weird for not liking it. Most people do like it, uh, like being scared from that adrenaline. Most people like it, but I don't. Um, I try. Since, since she's Here's talking about one. that and being afraid of the dark. <laughs> That's a good one. Deep, Deep dark, dark fears. fears. Yeah. If there are empty chairs in your room when you go to bed, that's where ghosts sit while they watch you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, Angie, think about that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Angie, you got any uh, empty chairs in your room? <laughs> <laughs> that's why people are always piling things in the chairs in their room. <laughs> that's right. So that the ghost won't sit on the books, right? Right. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> So that's a good question. Is anybody here particularly afraid of ghosts or afraid of things that go bump in the night that they sure are ghosts? And there's another yeah. cool funny. <laughs> Me, I'm trying to get over my fear of ghosts. Therapist. That's the spirit. <laughs> Me. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Rain like jello. That's a cute one, middle guy. My sister says, uh, Deborah, I would rather them sit in a chair than be under the bed. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know what, Deborah, that is a really good point. Cause, and I forgot about that. Um, my, I had, I have a cat and as he gets older, he likes to jump on my bed late at night <clears throat> and he didn't do that in the past. He's only started doing this like the past two years. And when he first started doing it, it used to scare the bejesus out of me <laughs> in the dark. Suddenly something goes <laughs> and makes the bed go like this and they start stepping on you. And it scared the shit out of me a couple of times <laughs> until I realized it was the cat doing it. And it made me think about all these stories I've heard of people talking about someone touching them or while they're in the bed. And matter of fact, I think, I think you've mentioned it. Our, yes. I was just getting ready. Right. I got a story. Yeah, about You've got a Deborah. story about them approaching you while you're in bed. That kind of freaks me out, <laughs> but I don't think that that's an irrational fear or phobia. I think that's just a survival instinct. <laughs> well, as a child, um, Deborah's six years older than I am. And so, you know, think about when I was like eight and she was about, 14. Yeah. yeah. I do my math. Um, but we were living in a house with a spirit and the woman from our understanding, she died from cancer, like lung cancer. And she would go in Deborah's room at night and sit in the rocking chair and Deborah would see the rocking chair start going. Oh. And, and, but then sometimes at night, this woman, my sister would hear this breathing, this labored breathing. Yeah. And she said she'd hold her own breath to Does make sure hurt? she was, it wasn't her. Right. And then she was like, is that mom? No, I hear mom breathing. Is that dad? No, I hear him breathing. It's not Iris. And so then she'd say, then, and she'd go, but it would be behind her. Like if she's laying on her side, it'd be behind her. Okay, directionally she could hear it. Yeah. yeah, and so she's like, "Wow." She said, "She told me the story." She said, "I, I would get my guts up, and you know, I'd, okay, okay, this has got to stop." And she'd flip over, 
and the breathing would stop. But then it would come to the other side. It would be behind her again on the other side. And she said, you know, she'd play this game and then game, yeah. and then sometimes if she didn't respond the guest would start poking her on the shoulder like, wake up <laughs> yeah that's that, it's yeah 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 whatever the entity was it definitely was wanting to be interactive yeah, yeah so um, deborah you gotta tell us more about that one that's kind of cool <laughs> She, yeah, she did all kinds of now, stuff. <laughs> poking me in bed, that that would have given me. <laughs> I don't want anything alive doing that to me, <laughs> much <Mm-mm>. less. <laughs> I'm okay with somebody I know, like my husband or my cat, touching yeah. me while, yeah, and I know it's them. But random shit, when I'm, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what that's. And we, we talked about that. What's it ha- has to do with a lack of fear with a lack of control yes and i don't want something in proximity when i'm in a, in a state of vulnerability such as sleeping or almost asleep or, or so, nothing you know like when you can't see it you got less choices on how to react yeah i mean you know although i don't want a big looming hand coming out at me either but <laughs> a- absolutely but philosophically you can go a little let's go to the next level deeper on that if fear is a lack of control or, or, or anxiety over a perceived lack of control, then when we are looking at a lack of control, therefore what I just said, the less you can see, such as the fear of dark or phasm, you know, uh, phasmophobia, yeah, that's my favorite fear of ghosts. Yeah, that's actually a pretty cool word. I like. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's a pretty painting. It's a pretty painting too. Yeah, but um, what is it about losing control that terrifies us? When in actuality, our highest state of existence has almost no control by us anyway. We typically refer to this as divine intervention, divine timing. It is what it is. Que sera, sera. Other languages and other cultures do this too. Um, God's will be done. And phrases like this. Where are we learning to be so afraid of losing control that it actually triggers our primitive fight or flight responses. Uh, But let's, I got another one for you though, on that same thread. Good. Because we have free will. Right. And if we have free will, we have a divine right to be in control. That is food for thought. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. We need we need some kind of get you know, we need to ring the bell or something. Yeah. <laughs> we need to find an animation for a little, little yeah. yeah. That's so if we have free will, say that for me again. If we have free will, then if we, we have free have, will, then we have a divine right to be in control of what we do. And in fact, that's what we should be. We actually should. as divine cre- co-creators, yeah. As yeah, that's another way to access the exact same truth that you've already that you've already said. 
because so many people, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in, in my day job telling people you have, you, you can be in control. You choose what you want to do, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I work with people trying to get jobs and they'll go, I'll do anything. And I'm like, don't put that out in the universe, you know, because it's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, uh, and, and they'll go, oh, I mean, I've, I really, you, you wouldn't believe the, the, the stuff that I end up worming into people's minds. I was going to say, the occupation you have, yeah, you, you, oh, yeah, because they're in a different mindset with the and it's like, vulnerability you know, it, it versus identity versus talking to a near stranger. Yeah, they're in a weird liminal space right there with you. Yeah. Which you're ideal for it. That's awesome. <laughs> they are lucky. They are but, lucky. They are but lucky. I, I, and I enjoy it because it's not just all matter of fact. And yes, this is what goes on your resume and off you go and pat them on the head. But right. it's like you are in more in control than you know. And even if you can't get the job, your dream job and your next step go in that direction because you don't know where that'll take you. And it's, you know, they're getting I'll, minute miniature. They're getting mini therapy sessions with yes, they are. They are. <laughs> a little bit of mama Ruth and a night in a nice vein there. Let's get a tough mama Ruth. <laughs> She's been watching my videos y'all. Yes, I have. Bartender mama Ruth being a smart A. <laughs> about her kids being half the mama, the mama Ruth. <laughs> very good. You guys have got to check her, check out her other videos on YouTube, especially. Iris has done some really cool outtakes and um and film film acting. It's really cool. <laughs> so, real quick, Lee brings up something similar. You mentioned the forty flashes that some people see. I see flashes of black. At night, when everyone's sound asleep, sometimes unnerving, and others it is not. I want to reach out and communicate. So, yes, I've heard of people seeing flashes of white light. I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, you can see some people would consider them shadow figures, but you're calling it a flash of black. Now, I, was, I want you to to talk a little more about this because the last time I saw flashes. White light, I found out later I had a torn retina. So <laughs> that's the first thing you go get checked out when you're dealing with white flashes. Yeah, you're actually, you might be dealing with a retinal situation. But flashes of black. Um, Lee, tell me if I'm talking about the same thing. Sometimes I will see shadows moving around the floor that look like another cat, only have one cat. But it looks like there's a second or third or three cats surreptitiously moving around the house, walking around the other side of the countertop or scurrying under the couch or <clears throat> or jumping off of the chair and under and, and under the table where I can't see it anymore. And I get the impression that these are dimensional things that are crossing over. Which, by the way, some me and some of my other friends, Iris, we have, we've talked about this in passing a couple of times. Seeing dimensional shifts go on, something appears and reappears somewhere else. Well, um, you matter of fact, you got an episode, the Mandala effect. That's coming, coming up. up. Yes, the, uh, is, next week. Next week. No. Yeah, it's the next week. Yeah. No. Yeah, and then after that, the pagan Christmas. All right. So, yeah. 
So what I'm talking, what I'm asking Lee is more like movement. I have talked with the eye doctor and all as well. Okay, good. So yeah, <laughs> what I'm seeing is actually flash moving like a cat running around or another person just rounding the corner out of my sight. So it's more like a shadow though than a flash. Um, Lee, are you, are you seeing literally a flash, a quick movement of black or are you seeing a misty moving of fog? black fog that's my question i've seen a cat but i knew it was my dead cat came back you know yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes you can identify it you know 100 percent. absolutely absolutely so um lee says more what does that say iris um more, i gotta scroll down to it more like paintbrush strokes maybe a cat or a person or recall talking about this yeah, yeah i recall this. yeah we i think we mentioned it more like paintbrush strokes. <sighs> yeah, that's a long conversation. Lee, you're seeing stuff on a subatomic level, actually. You're going into quantum physics here. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> Ellen Lee is analytical and, is, I mean, she's, she's very intellectual. Yeah. Just to put it in small words, which is ironic for an intellectual person. Um, yes, that's a better description, not a fog, more like a shadowy movement. Okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're, the information around that is telling me that you're looking at stuff on a subatomic quantum quarks, uh, neutrinos um, kind of levels, uh, protons, neutrons, uh, atomic, subatomic. So yeah. Um, that's cool <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, because that means dimensions are switching across and becoming more and more apparent. That's going to get more and more common. Um, definitely follow your intuition yeah. about whether or not this is something that you that you do want in your uh, in your scope of awareness, or you don't. So you know you do or you don't. It's up to you. But I'm I'm hearing you have a choice. So let's, yeah, so let's talk about fears and phobias. And Iris, you had some really cool notes about some stories. Yes, I've got um, one. There, there have been instances when I was doing paranormal investigations, you know, people go, oh, aren't you scared? And it was like, actually, most of them are pretty boring. Um, <laughs> but what we... Um, what I would end up running into. So we did have occasions where there would be things that would happen, but a lot of times there's, there's a couple of things going through my head. And so let me sort it out real quick. <laughs> one is, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. One is that um, a lot of times we'd go into situations and the people were more in a panic and more convinced than what was really going on. And so like self-fulfilling prophecy, so to speak. Yes. And and yeah. like, you know, you're 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 talking to the kid and the kid's going, Well, we were watching TV and we heard a banging noise upstairs. And you know, they were in the basement watching TV. And the mom goes, you know, and then the mom, you talk to her and she's like, the kids were terrified and they were, you know, running and 
And it's like, no, they weren't. And the kids were like, well, they could care less. And they didn't really, you know. And what it was, what we heard when we were there was the banging in the heat vents, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you try to tell them, you know, well, they we really couldn't find it. They don't want to hear it. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. they're thriving on that. And then go and find some unprofessional person to come in and, you know, that, and that was another thing, like a lot of times um, groups that have psychics or mediums, and I speak as one, um, mm-hmm. that I, I've worked with others and just kind of been real quiet because they like to be in control and they like that power of, I can see things that you can't see. And, and it's like, as soon as they start that crap, it's, it's like, I know they're full Done. of it. Yeah. yeah. And so when you know then then these people that didn't want to hear our logical explanation for what was going bump around the house get one of these other people to come in that say oh yes i feel the ghost you know indian burial ground in your backyard yes exactly (laughs) something dramatic like that right 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 although we did one time i went to somebody's house and this guy had asked us to come in and you know what what do y'all get what do you think What's going on here? And it wasn't as much as the professional paranormal group is just going in and, and seeing what we could get. And there was another girl that was with me and she was saying, you know, you, you might want to do a cleansing. And his mom was sitting there and she got real upset because she was like, my house is clean. And it's like, no, we're talking about burning sage or something. And we tried to explain it to her, but she was like mad and wanted us out of the house because we thought her house was dirty. She had already been triggered. Yeah. I was like, okay, we won't go there. Whoops. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, and then there's like the guy that I, I dealt with. Um, he's out of state and he was a client yeah. that somebody else sent to me because they weren't comfortable dealing with somebody who thought that they were possessed. Oh. And I was like, doesn't matter. I've seen mm-hmm. weird. It doesn't, you know, if he mm-hmm. really is fine. If, you know, if he's not, we'll figure that out too. Yeah. And I actually saw you know and i'm doing a remote viewing kind of thing um but i told him i said you know what i'm seeing is this demon for lack of a a better term and more universally accepted i said but he's like he's he's like on you like a cape you know it looks like a Mm -hmm. batman cape like his head's right Mm -hmm. here and they tend to grab right through there yeah Yeah. and he's wrapped around you like a cape Mm -hmm. and the guy was like yes because i get a headache and i feel the weight i mean he knew he went right on and i was like okay so what i I ended up getting the, the the thing detached from him but it was still hanging around and I never could get deep enough with him where he had a, a subconscious need for it. Yeah. Because it, it helped reassure him. It gave him a sense of power. Yes. Very mm-hmm. much. 
that he didn't this is have. what's unique and wonderful and strange about me yeah yeah and you know when he was trying to do i do this or do i do that and you know he wasn't real secure with his own abilities to make choices this thing would choose for him and he was like he was used to deferring to it yeah you know interesting but, you know and he felt stronger and more powerful being out in the world and dealing with friends and stuff because this thing with appealed it. to his ego yeah and so yeah and, and so basically i told him i said you know when you're ready to get rid of it call me back <laughs> i mean we got to a point i said but it's still circling around you know and and but it, it wasn't we, gonna we leave make, yeah yeah that they, they'll kind of hover until you're ready to let go mm -hmm. um yeah. but was it scary to me and was i afraid no no. And I, I've been, you know, I've come home after being somewhere and felt energy with me or whatever. And I come in the door and I go, no, you go right back out. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I, yeah, you're That's not allowed it. in here. You know, That's it. Just, boom, done. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like, I, you know, I watch something on TV that kind of triggers some of those thoughts, you know, like, oh yeah, that stuff, you know, you start feeling like those things come around because you're because you're in something. that vibration yeah. yeah and so they're like oh look here's somebody thinking about us and i'm like no i'm not you go right on erase <laughs> cancel delete i learned that from marie anderson whitehurst erase cancel delete yeah 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 and i use reiki techniques on top of that but erase cancel delete especially having negative thoughts or feelings especially yeah. ones that sneak up on you yeah and you and didn't so, realize it till it was too late. Yeah. And the nice thing about that is it puts me more in control of the situation. And so the more you yeah. practice it, yeah. the better you feel and the less fearful you are of that stuff when it does automatic. come around. And yep, and you it becomes a part of your automatic response. Yeah. Exactly. So it's 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 sort of a practice thing. So like with your shadow people and stuff, same thing. We had it with uh our son. Uh, when he was little and a friend of ours likened it to a uh, moth to a flame, you know, because the kids are so bright. And so these shadow beings would, you know, were hanging around and it drives us crazy. We were constantly seeing stuff out of the corner of our eyes and, and we, okay, enough. <laughs> you know, Y'all just go back where you came from. Don't, you know, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it, and it, you know, we had some other stuff going on too, but we took care of it. And, you know, and, and people do it in different ways. Some people pray and ask for things to be moved. And if that's where your connection lies, it's fine. But really, you have the ability because your space is your space. You can. You can dismiss anything at any time with any phrase. People yeah. like using um, tools that are sanctified for that, such as smudge or sweet grass or sage or Reiki symbols or things like that. But there are plenty of practices and I believe quantum is um, you know, one of them that you've talked about. It's mind over matter. Have a conversation with your gods, with your mm -hmm. higher self and dismiss that stuff. You don't have, it doesn't, it can't exist. Nothing negative can exist in your world, in your energy, in your mind, without your permission. 
I understand that some people have chemical dispositions and socio, uh, social, you know, sociological learned behaviors that make them default to negative thinking, negative words, negative energy. And those are something else to discuss on a case by case basis. Right now, I'm speaking about in general um, for the general population, just to yeah. caveat that there are exceptions to everything. Um, <clears throat> this would be a good time to show this one. Um, and let me. Oh, yeah, that's a tip. This is a very common fear is Ouija boards. Yeah. Nice floor design until your Roomba summons summons the, the devil. <laughs> the first time I saw that and I shared it, every single one of my weirdo friends and a bunch of people from Lua, they all went, "I want that. I'm gonna. Ooh, I want to find. I'm gonna burn that in. Yeah, that's wood burning. I'm gonna burn that into my floor." <laughs> I've got um, idea. Uh, one of my fellow paranormal researchers. He's he said, "I finally found a rug." like that that he can afford and he wants to get a planchette table you know so <laughs> and, yeah. and we said yeah that'll be fine and good until it moves on its own you know <laughs> you one with wheels there's plenty yeah. of furniture maker you know handcrafted people that would make you one <laughs> especially if it's a pagan one yeah oh, man. that would be very funny yeah <laughs> yeah um when people talk about fears yeah people are terrified of ouija boards but it falls under the same thing. It's what you invite. It's what you allow. If you dial a random phone number and you say, anybody, hey, come, I'm talking, you're going to get creepy stuff. You're going to get weirdos replying back. Yeah. But if you make it positive, specific, and if you don't know what you're doing, don't mess with them. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, don't play with energies that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. I mean, it's it's literally playing with fire. If you don't know, let's get what the matches out and see if I can strike them. Yeah, and get a gasoline can while you're at it. You know, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, but it's nothing. To, I mean, I had now. I did talk to a woman one time who said that uh, she had a Ouija board, and her and her sister would pl play with it. Mm -hmm. And they had to have a priest come bless their house. And then something happened and somebody was at their house and they got it out again. And they said, you need to come back. And he goes, would you quit playing with the <laughs> <laughs> and, and But she never got rid of it. And at one point um, she got married and she told her husband, she said, I just need to get rid of this thing. And he was working at one of those tree lots where they had you know christmas tree lots okay. and they had the barrels on fire running and, barrels yeah yeah and she said just take this to work with you and throw it in the fire and uh <laughs> so, i was gonna say sounds like hers has already got loaded with energy and that might not have been the best choice <laughs> what happened was she he got to work and he she went by his work at the end of the day and she said did you burn the board and he said no i threw it up on the porch because they were in front of an old vacant house he said and i hadn't i forgot to throw it in the barrel and she said well let's do it now and she grabbed it and threw it in the barrel and it literally started screaming she said totally freaked her out yeah now there's certain types of woods and 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 saps and moistures that can make a screaming sound 
Yeah. And, and you can justify that, but that doesn't change the impact of the story. <laughs> Why did it start squealing, squeeching right then? <laughs> yeah. And she, she said she was, I mean, it would just sounded like different voices. See, that's yeah. the kind of thing you need to have your cell phone going and take a pic and take a video of it just in case something cool happens. <laughs> <Like> so <laughs> let's burn a Ouija board and let's take a picture. <laughs> Guess what we might want to do next time we're together, Iris? <laughs> Ooh. Just give, we're not supposed to play with what we don't know about. <laughs> did, did However, you, have you heard the story that the Ouija board named itself? Now, I heard saw that mention, and I don't know that story. Please, fill us the, in. There was there was a guy who got a patent on it the talking boards have been around but it was in the late 1800s this guy got a patent on it and he had another guy working with him that would help process them and sell them and that sort of thing and that guy ended up i think another man ended up buying the business or something or That's bought sorry. out that yeah sure. and anyway he had given one to a woman who was a psychic person you know and she did readings fortune teller <laughs> anyway so she was using it and asked what should the name be and it spelled out ouija and said the meaning was it was pretty um oh god i'd have to look it up again i should have written it down but it it supposedly meant something like um good friend or something like that you know it was something very in some innocuous and in, in, in some obscure language it meant something yeah. like good friend it sounds like whatever entity they were talking to threw out a word and it happened to be talking to the marketing person of that company well i was talking to the fortune teller that was associated with the marketing person okay yeah yeah and so they named it the ouija board and that's it's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever played with one? Oh yeah. When uh, I was about five, my dad got one, and so we we sat down and very popular in the seventies. Yeah. Well, this was sixties, so mid sixties. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we and he and dad was one. He took stuff seriously. I mean, he didn't just play games, you know, like. But he, we we did the finger thing, and I was barely touching it. And we asked, like, well, who was the first president and, you know, Test things questions. like that. Yeah. And and got the answers. And I could tell he wasn't pushing and I wasn't pushing. And, you know, but again, we don't know who we were talking to. And I think my sister and I played with it some. Oh, oh did you ahead. ever did you ever do the test to see if who me and my brothers and sisters and our cousins and their friends played with it all the time? And every now and then one of us at random would push down on the on the planchet and see if it would pop up in the air because if it didn't that means that meant somebody was pressing down oh, and pushing it no, around we didn't figure that out we weren't yeah no, we figured out how to test each other if you went boink and it and it flipped up that meant nobody was pressing on it to hold it down so every now and then at random somebody would push down on it to see if it would flip over now now what i did was You're not cheating. With, with my sister i'm gonna tell a story on her uh if we <laughs> she's getting used to this <laughs> i know it <laughs> uh we were 
living in the house that was haunted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had been watching Art Linkletter. Okay. Back yeah. in the mid sixties. Yeah. And he had a, and I was like about eight. And my sister, you know, like I said, she was about 14. And they had this thing where on Art Link letters, like whoever his guests were, they were standing around a card table and they all had their fingers supposedly barely touching the card table. And they rise, table, rise. You know, they were just focused and meditating, rise, table, and the table started rising. And so my sister and I said, well, let's try that, you know. Sure. <laughs> and we go in to our dining room table, which seats six people in Huge. its smallest form and very heavy, you know, very heavy table. And my sister got on one side and I got on the other and we put our hands on and, and my little horns started coming <laughs> I so wish I could play with you back then, but go ahead. <laughs> so we, get, we have our hands on the table and, and my sister, I mean, she was like, so focused. I could just see, she was like, totally wanting it to happen. You know, I want this table right. Rise, table right. And we're chanting and I'm like peeking out and I take my thumbs and lift them and go under the edge of the table and lifted my side and she went, Whoa! <laughs> If the, what gave me away was I doubled over laughing. I <laughs> you think? <laughs> she started yelling, then mom wanted to know what was going on. <laughs> My eight year old sister just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But again, well, you know. You can't, that means you were set up, honey. There's no way you could not. <laughs> such a great setup. <laughs> I don't know anybody in here with brothers and sisters that wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah, bring yeah, bring a little levity to the situation. You know, you, you do. Gotta, if the table's yeah. not going to rise, you might as well entertain yourself another way. Yeah, exactly. Because I thought like, there's just no way we can do this with our mind. But yeah, um, um so. I think, um, oh, and one other point I wanted to make for sure is that know that when you're watching any type of movie or television show, reality shows are scripted. Yes. And based on a true story show. does not mean it's a true story that they're showing. Yeah, based on a true story doesn't mean means it is not a true story. Right. Because <laughs> because you have producers that are watching the money and they say, Oh, we have to change this and we have to make that more exciting and we're gonna condense these scenes and yeah, you know, so like something that happened over months and months, it looks like they had a wild weekend, you know, and it, it, it's not that way. And and Jason Hawes of um uh, ghost hunters um he got real frustrated with the producer because they would be sitting there doing the reveal at the end of the show and what do you, you know is the house haunted is it not haunted and they would be talking to the person and the producer you know and this is supposedly a reality show but yeah. the producer would step in and go wait 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 can you word that a little stronger jason and he go what do you mean 
Well, mm. you, you're saying that you didn't find anything definite, but don't you think maybe you could change that to we didn't find anything conclusive? That, yeah, con conclusive or um, significant or, well, no, what was the word? Like, it, it was to flip it the opposite way. Imply and he, and, the opposite. You know, are you sure you can't declare this place haunted? Because you had this and you had that. And he's going, that was not dec decisive. He said, I can't declare this place haunted. Well, then at least that, so that would go into this negotiation about how he was to word it. And then it was like, okay, now shoot. And he'd have to go back and restate what he had said and then change the words so that the producer would be happy. You know, or they try to provoke things, do things behind their back, you know. Yeah. So, Most reality so when, shows are not reality. Yeah. Yeah. So when all. you watch stuff like that, do the research. You know, this is based on a true story. And you're going, oh, did that really happen? IMDB.com is my best friend. I love going and looking at the trivia and stuff. Type that up there so that people that are research hounds can use it. A link. Yeah. Yes. And explain what that link is real quick. Okay. IMDB is the uh, internet, internet movie database, imdb.com. Um, let me show that. And sorry, I didn't capitalize the internet part. Um, but it, it, like you can look up a movie there and it'll give you who was in it and uh what the summary of the movie it gives you the parental stuff that you know can my kids watch this well there's yeah you see a boob here or a leg there and you know <laughs> there's smoking in it or whatever not you know do you want your kid to see it or not right. but then they also give you trivia and you can a lot of times on the trivia you can find cool. if you know like the backstory um, and oh. they'll usually tell you what, you know, well, in the movie they did this, but in real life, this is what happened. Oh, so, so okay. So you can see a little bit of, um, the parallel walk apart. Yeah. 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 Cool. So Very cool. Yeah. I've used that for, I've used that, that, uh, website to find out, um, the cast of movies i was not aware that you could get all that other cool information too. yeah i mean it's just all kinds of good information where they filmed it you know and there's all kinds of stuff there's all kinds of stuff encyclopedia so we're all the way up to 10 33 on the time right now yes. eastern time did anybody else have any particular fears or phobias that they wanted to mention in the chat room over there <laughs> and give you a couple minutes just in case we'd like for everybody to feel like they came here for to see to learn something about for themselves we're happy to help fun great show thank you randy always a pleasure yeah and angie said set locations yes on, on that channel on that website set locations that's fascinating trivia too yeah my movies <clears throat> but um i was talking to iris we were trying to define what is a fear, uh, what is an anxiety versus what is awareness or self-preservation. And essentially fear is, we're, we were talking about things that are almost irrational, like an irrational fear of snakes or irrational fear of spiders or, or ghosts or Ouija boards, 
um, or mice or rats or whatever. And there's a rational aspect to that, such as I'm not afraid of spiders, you know, for example. I'm not afraid of spiders and snakes when they're just existing. I get my triggered though when they run straight at me. And that's a self-preservation. Yeah. I have one irrational fear that I'm still working on. And if y'all want to comment on it, you can. It's called a uh, trip uh, phobia, uh, da, 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 trypophobia, the fear or disgust of closely packed holes or spongy or um, surfaces that are packed close together like a seed pod or a bone marrow or a sponge or um, Swiss cheese is another thing that's like that or things that are decaying and have multiple spongy chain chambers in it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm starting to creep myself out talking about it. But for some reason, and this is the reason I bring it up is because I've had this irrational phobia of those types of objects. And ours helped me point out it's actually not that I'm afraid of them, but I thought it's I have a revulsion towards them. Like, ugh, I just think they're gross. And or they feel gross to me. And it looks like it's a past life thing. <clears throat> but my point is, is well, the reason I brought that up is I've felt like that since I was like preteen or whatever. I became aware that that particular visual freaks me out or state of existence freaks me out. And in my 50s, I started seeing on the Internet a new phobia, a new word for a phobia that's been around is starting to come to fruition. Here's the term for it, tripophobia, whatever that I just said a minute ago. Uh, is not the official name for it because it's not an official phobia yet, but it's becoming more and more prevalent because the internet, like a lot of other things, suddenly there's a lot of common knowledge that was pocketed knowledge that only particular populations, but now populations can communicate, you know, minuscule ideas over time very quickly, you know, because of the internet. And apparently I'm not alone. A lot of people get freaked out by that exact same thing. So um, they think it might be a primitive response to being revulsed with the, by the sight of decay because it does look like biological decay. It resembles it. And I did anyway, but anyway, it's apparently it's sort of a new phobia officially. It's officially new. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I've been creeped out by this stuff for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my only irrational fear that I really can't see or not. I wouldn't say fear, but it's my bleh, only thing that I don't like that. Mm, don't like looking at it. Don't like being around it. And I, it does help me relate to people that feel that way about snakes or feel that way about mice or feel that way about uh, certain foods you know, like slimy things. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, some people won't eat mushrooms because they're fungus. Um, some people won't eat pudding or whipped cream or bananas or whatever, or avocado because of the mushy texture. And it's just their own. Same thing. It's a revulsion. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not going to run away from an avocado if I see one, but, you know. They won't touch like it. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> let me show this real quick. Uh, next week. Yay. 
December the 9th, The Mandela Effect, Parallel Universe or False Memories. We're going to talk about Einstein, a little bit about quantum physics. So, um, And weird true stories. Yes, uh, are all on the agenda. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that and, and, and where um, how people are being affected by it. So it should be. If you don't know what the Mandela effect is, come back next week and find out. Or you can look it up online and get totally freaked out. Yes. There's some cool stuff. Uh, yes, it really is. When they started throwing out examples that I personally remembered, like King Tut's mask and changes in it, I was like, I saw that. Yes. When I was nine years old, my family took us to Washington, D.C. When the King Tut display was on tour in the United States, my family went to D.C. We stood in line six hours <gasps> around the building. And it was, this was in, I was nine years old. So it was 1975 or right around there. And people were a lot more friendly <laughs> 1975 so we got to meet some really interesting people sitting there in line standing next to them for five six hours and you know people from Canada and other countries and, and we'd share stories and take stay in line and somebody would run go get food for everybody and bring it back and share it and then somebody from my family would run and go get food for both families and bring it back and it was where the kids would go play and the parents would take turns watching each other's kids while the kids would be you know, other, while other parents walked off with the kids and came back. You know, so we weren't stuck in line nonstop six hours. We helped, it was very communal. That's the word I'm looking for. But I saw King Tut's mask. I saw what was there in 1975. And it's changed. And, it, and it's changed, yes. <laughs> Felt, ah! Yeah. While I was there, I saw it. So, <laughs> so we've got some really not, cool stories. Got some really cool stories. Yeah. So um, uh, look it up if you don't know what it is or if you've got your own examples you want to bring next week. And then don't forget, like, follow, subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, uh, channel, <laughs> iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs> yes. And Spotify. Yes. I'm so, trying to throw up an L and then I remembered I was doing a loser symbol. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Backwards on the camera. Yeah. But yes, like and, and Deborah thanks us. And so we appreciate welcome, everybody guys. being here and hope to see you next week. Yeah. Have more fun. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Thank you for joining us for The Eyes of Indigo with Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Music is Arcadia by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Eyes of Indigo. Copyright 2020, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears.